Ion 2020 episode 140. Have 2020 vision with Ion 2020, the podcast that brings you all the news and events in the lead up to the next presidential election. I am Ray Eaton, and I will keep you up to date as we approach November 2020 with a libertarian perspective of all the candidates and their policies along with the news. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's clear our vision. What's up, everybody? Ray Eaton here, the host that brings you the news, the related events, those things that are happening in the 2020 election every day, Monday through Friday. Thank you for joining me. This is Ion 2020, and I am bringing you what I can find every single day so that you don't have to look for yourself. So you can just listen to this show and you can know what's going on with the 2020 election. You can know what's going on with the candidates. You can know what the uh, pundits are saying and so forth. That's what I do. Uh, you know, I, I do, I go off topic sometimes and that is normal. I think for just about any podcast that you go off topic every so often, it's not like we're professionals out here or anything like that. Although there are some really good professionally done podcasts, but I like to keep mine as unprofessional as possible. I don't need to do much editing or anything like that. It's just the raw Ray Eaton because the one time or the, you know, the, the four days that I tried to start editing, I screwed it all up and I put together some really weird podcasts. I had the beginning at the end and the end at the beginning and, and you know, the middle and the halfway through and all. I mean, it was just insane how terrible it came out and I had to fix those things, which I did. But uh, you probably heard me talk about that on one of the episodes in the past. But here I am, you know, this is your Wednesday episode though, so thank you for joining me today. Uh, there is a lot in the news about Donald Trump, he stole the show over the weekend with his racist-ish tweet, I guess. I, I mean, I will I will call it a, a racist tweet in some way. And the reason why I say that, uh, I mean, people are misquoting him for sure. They're saying you need to go back to your own country. That that's, what the, that's what Donald Trump said. You need to go back to your own country if you're here. Like, if you're one of these people that are disagreeing with him, go back to your own country, fix that, and then come back and tell us what, you know, how to do it or something like that. Clearly not a well thought out tweet. It definitely was not, you know, he his, his people that look at his tweets before they get sent, if he has those, I'm, I'm sure there's got to be somebody in the White House that's saying whether a tweet can get sent or not. And he definitely went around those people on that particular tweet. And it draws, drew a lot of controversy. But there is one one website that I found that was saying that this is part of his plan. It was on Slon.com. Trump and Pence's racist tweet. And let me get into that in just a second. So, first things first, though, if you like what you hear, I really I ask this every single day. Go ahead and subscribe to the show. If you haven't already, subscribe. And then if you have some friends, send them this way as well so they can go to subscribe to the show and they can listen if they like what they hear also. Uh, so share the show with your friends. And then give me that five-star rating and review if you haven't done that already. Those are the things that help to make sure that this show is shown in other people's uh, feeds as well as like things that are recommended podcasts for that particular person. So, uh, five star ratings and reviews do help that out as well. So if you can do that, I'd appreciate that. Uh, I am the empire is the website. I am the empire.com. And then you can follow me by typing in, I am the empire pretty much at uh, Facebook, Twitter, and on mines also. So if you would like to just go ahead and follow, follow me and things that I'm talking about, 
on that particular website. You can do that through one of those three uh, social media platforms as well as through uh, the website as well. And there I'm just talking about not just the political elections, the things that are going on in the election, but I also talk a lot about you know, foreign policy as well as domestic policy with surveillance and so forth. So uh, we want to keep an eye on our empire just, when we keep, just like we want to keep an eye on these darn politicians because they are always looking for a way to take more of your freedom away. And it's our job to hold them accountable. And you will not be able to hold them accountable unless you do what you got to know the information and this is a place to find that so uh, keep on coming back and then you know if you'd like to go ahead and email me as well ray at iamtheempire.com and if you email me you can tell me what you're doing for the libertarian movement you can just you know email me and say hey you can do whatever i don't care you know i like to listen i like to listen to people talk and i like to li- uh, read emails so go ahead and do that for me as well uh but yeah let's jump into this uh particular website salon.com they said trump and pence's racist weekend spectacle was no accident it's the re-election plan i don't know how that is the case how they would make this argument to be honest with you guys but it definitely was not vetted what donald trump said over the weekend now three of those four people that were um that he mentioned of those of those four congress women Three of them were born in the United States, so they can't go back where they came from. And then the other one is a United States citizen. I think she's from Somalia or something. And uh, she's an official United States citizen, though, since she was like 10 years old. So definitely was not vetted what he said. Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't think that he meant it in... uh, Actually, I do think he meant it in a derogatory way, but that's just the way that Donald Trump is. That's the way that he talks. I don't know that's going to hurt his campaign, though, because I think in some way it's throwing a bone to those people that think that stuff. You know, if you don't believe what we believe and if you don't agree what we believe, then you can just go back to your country, screw it. You hear people say that all the time. That's a racist statement to say in some way. I don't know if it's a racist because racism means that you have, like, the institutional power. But when Donald Trump says it, he has some institutional power in some way. So I don't agree with what he said. I mean, I, I don't. You, I, and I don't normally I normally defend Donald Trump on some things and I don't defend him on other things you guys know that I'm a little bit unbiased in my views on this guy uh, but there's no way that when people try to defend him on these particular statements I just don't think that you can I really don't uh, but I don't I don't want to stay on that topic too long but salon.com they said that they think it's part of the reenact re-election campaign so um, it says this what we saw over the weekend was dreadful but it's only the beginning. The GOP truly believes this will work. That does not. That, that The GOP does not believe that this will work. But this is Salon.com. I think it's a pretty liberal website as well. So, um, anyhow. But you also saw, like, Vice President Pence at the at these uh, internment camps, I guess you'll call them. I don't know what they what specifically they're called. But these uh, DHS, DHS facilities where they're keeping a lot of the migrants and the people that are looking for asylum and they're saying that they are just fully crowded and so forth. I think a lot of that is probably propaganda in some way. They're probably going to the worst of the worst place and showing that and saying that that's how they all are. That's probably the case. Now, if there are people that are being treated unjustly and so forth, then obviously the government should not be doing that. So I'm for people having, you know, at least humane conditions in that situation. Um, Whether you're for 
open borders or not, at least you can be for humane conditions for these people. But I think that there's a lot of dishonesty within the press, I'm sure, in saying that all of these facilities are, they're trying to frame it as if all these facilities are terrible, where people are drinking out of the toilets and so forth. Um, I can't imagine that's the case. But that's just me. I'm a skeptical person when I see things on the news. I'm also skeptical about things that our government does as well. So uh, I wouldn't put it past them, but I just don't think that they would allow cameras into a place where people are drinking out of the water, you know, toilet out of the, or water out of the toilets. So moving on, I don't, I I can't see how this can be part of the re-election campaign for Donald Trump to just be blatantly racist. Um, Yes, there are a lot of people in America that maybe hold these, hold these views and they keep them a little bit secret that, yeah, you should send all these people back to where they came from. Because obviously Donald Trump ran on very similar like some of those statements that he made can be interpreted that way right and then he basically basically just said it that these people should go back to where they came from so he is has some sentiment towards those people that would feel that way but then again that definitely is not that definitely was not a vetted statement that he said over the weekend about these uh these people should go back to the places they came from which that is not even the exact quote that he said anyway they're misquoting him by saying that he's saying maybe these people should go back and help the countries that they came from and then come back and tell us how it's done now most of those like i said three of those people didn't come from a country in the first place they were born in america so you can't say that either uh but then again it's not vetted he wasn't thinking about it he just said that because they're obviously not um white america i guess is the best way to put it um but clearly, he should not have said should not have said that. It's hard to defend him on that. I don't. I I see people, tr- people trying to defend him on that, but I just don't think it's something you could defend him on. Just say, call it what it is. It was a stupid thing that he said, and then move on. Right? If you love Trump, move on from that. If you hate Trump, you're obviously going to keep pounding him on that because you think that he's a racist. Which, um, I don't know. I don't think that. I don't necessarily think that he's a racist. I think he's probably an old school guy that's, you know, in his 70s and probably thinks things that modern, you know, 18, 19, 20 year old kids and the modern press would never say certain things. But uh, that's how old people are. You always hear your your grandfather say things that just should not be said. <laughs> you know, my my father-in-law says things that may should not be said sometimes pretty regularly you know but that's just the way that people think i mean when you were when i was nine ten you know seven eight nine years old it was a pretty common thing to people, for people to say racist jokes or dumb Polak jokes that's just the way it was back then and nowadays you would never have a a white guy a black guy and a dumb Polak walked into a restaurant you know like that's not a joke that you would tell people because you don't call people out on their race like that or their nationality as much it's just not looked upon as acceptable nowadays so let's move on to the next story though progressive activists activists this is from vox.com progressive activists know their enemy in the 2020 democratic primary and that's joe biden so at netroots nation a conference of the for the left warren sanders and harris were the clear favorites so there was this big conference and it's a very left-wing progressive organization i guess it's netroots nation i've never heard of them it's probably the equivalent of something like uh you know the conservative pack one that they have for the conservatives that all the conservatives go to and elizabeth warren went there she stole the show she was the only one of the top candidates that really came to that particular um conference 
but there was a lot of other people like Pete Buttigieg came a few other smaller contenders came as well uh, but she stole the show they loved her they think that she is the warrior that they need in order to win against Donald Trump they're from the left so they're very much saying you need someone that's very far left that's going to distinguish themselves from Donald Trump in order to get that person elected whereas most Democrats think something completely opposite which is that you need someone that's electable that's not too far left that needs to be someone that can take on Donald Trump and that's why they say Joe Biden is their guy but that is not what these people say at Netroots Nation at this conference they're saying that they want someone like Elizabeth Warren um, or Bernie Sanders or maybe they would settle for Kamala Harris is what they're saying so uh, that is I mean to me Yes, the far left is always going to want the person that's the most left, right? They're also going to want someone that's slightly electable, but they're going to want someone that's going to be talking about progressive values that they have, that they're going to want someone that's going to have the answers to those progressive values. And I think that Elizabeth Warren, to be honest with you, is doing the best job in that realm of people who are going to be the those that are going to have a very far left view, of a progressive agenda, that are going to be game changing that are going to try to change government and so forth she's the one that seems like she has not only diagnoses the problems but has some solutions that she talks about to those problems that's why her little campaign motto is i have a plan for that and when you hear her talk she always says well i have a plan for that and this is what it is now whether you agree with that plan or not i don't agree with any of those plans to be honest with you maybe if she has like an anti-war plan i might get on board with that but when it comes to Social Security, not Social Security, like Medicare for all, when it comes to free college tuition, when it comes through taxing the the wealth tax that she's talking about, all these things that she says she has a plan for, I cannot get on board with any of that stuff because I'm a libertarian. I believe in small government. I believe in limited government. I believe in the government having so little power that it barely affects you in this world. And bringing anything back to the states and also to the local municipalities if necessary. But definitely not at the federal level because it is the furthest from you, the individual that's trying to help. It is the least responsive to the individual that's, that's trying to help. And there's like a million bureaucrats that are just trying to get their hand out before it actually gets to the person that's tr- that is gonna that is intended to help in the first place. So a dollar goes to Washington and it comes back as 25 cents. When if it stayed in the local community, it might come back as 75 cents or, you know, even 85 or 95 percent or 95 cents if it's if there's very little bureaucracy within that local government. So keep it local. Keep it local. But she has every answer to the problem, which is more and more government, more and more solutions that are uh, government related. And I just can't agree with that. But these people love her. They say that their biggest enemy is Joe Biden for the 2020 primary? He definitely is to their far-left agenda, of course, but he's also the most electable, and I think it's been shown. There's a lot of polls that come out every single day. You guys know that I look at those polls. You guys know that I go over those polls on a regular basis, and Joe Biden, even though he had a bad showing at the last debates, he still came, up, came out on top. He barely had anything taken from him. If anything, Kamala Harris was the winner because she went from a 6%, you know, 5 and 6% of the vote up to 15%, but she more took from the Pete Buttigieg's and the uh, Bernie Sanders of the world 
and the other smaller contenders, rather than the Joe Bidens and the Elizabeth Warrens, they've pretty much stayed very similar to where they're at. So Joe Biden definitely is a enemy to what they want. And he is definitely the person that is towing the middle line, the middle ground, the voice of reason. The one that says we don't need dramatic change. We need to keep the structures that we have and improve upon them. And if he can make that case, he'll win. Maybe not the maybe not the entire, you know, maybe not the presidency, but he'll win the nomination for the Democratic Party. He's definitely their Mitt Romney for sure, and uh, these left-wing progressives. I mean, they want social change completely. They I, they want to shred the Constitution in every way possible and get what they want. Now, the good thing is, and I talked about this on, the other day on the show, the good thing is, is that the Constitution is set up in some way that makes it very hard for things to change. It makes it very hard for one person to get their agenda through. And even if they do get their agenda through, you can have the courts totally throw those things out, like what you're seeing with Obamacare. And that's a good thing. Because it allows us to have stability in this nation. It allows the, the government to have some kind of limits on its growth. Because the more the government grows, the more power is taken from the people. And the more power that's taken from the people, the less free we are. And then the more likely it is that our government becomes the intrusive government that it is, the more likely that that government starts to do things that tread on our liberties even more. And the more likely it becomes something of like a fascist type state where, you know, where dictators are born at that point. So let's not get to that. And, I, and I'm glad that that's the case. But these progressives, that's what they want. They want to overhaul the government. They want to change the very fabric of the nation in some ways, it seems like to me, when you hear these people talk. And I don't think that Americans are going to go for that. I think that they love the idea of free handouts. I do. And that's what these people are pandering towards. They want to give these people more free handouts, as many as they can. That's true. But I also think that they want to beat Donald Trump. And that is not the message that's going to resonate in a, you know, in, when, it's, when it's Donald Trump versus Elizabeth Warren. She cannot tout this progressive agenda that she, that she has. She definitely can't. It's not a winning message. So hopefully that's not the case, though. Hopefully the American people have been educated by you and me against, against this progressive message. Hopefully we are out there every single day talking about liberty, talking about individual responsibility, talking about freedom, right? And if we're out there doing that every single day, then we're going to build that movement that I've been talking about. We're going to build a movement of people who are accepting of liberty, of, of demanding of liberty, Right? And then we're going to start getting leaders in the movement that are going to stand up and run for elected office. Maybe we get some Congress people in there. Maybe we get some senators in there. Maybe we get more, more liberty-leaning senators in there. They start pandering to us. That's what we want. We want them to start talking about liberty and talking about freedom and talking about the government doesn't need to have a law to make this happen, but we need to start pulling apart government. That's what we need to do, guys. And we don't get that done unless we start talking about it. Unless we start telling our friends and our family about liberty, 
about libert- the libertarian message. We don't need it to be just go vote for libertarian, but go vote for the most libertarian candidate that you can find in every single election. Go find the libertarian-leaning people that will run in these elections for your county government, for your city government, for your state government, for your federal government offices. And when we do that, then they start saying, hey, look at that, this libertarian-leaning Republican or this libertarian-leaning Democrat or this libertarian who ran as a, with the L in front of their name, that person got a lot of votes. Maybe we should start looking at that policy and maybe we should start thinking about this because we want to get those people's votes as well. And then maybe that candidate will, instead of pandering, maybe they'll believe it and be a true believer like a Justin Amash or a Thomas Massey or a Rand Paul. Because those are probably the best people that we have in the federal government right now. And all we want to do is bash them because they're not libertarian enough, right? But those are the best people that we have in government now. We need to support those people and get more people like them into office. And then you'll get another Ron Paul or something in there as well. If you have 30 Thomas Masseys in Congress, then you might get a even more libertarian person into office down the road because that's the going thing that's something that's popular that it inspires other people who have the libertarian leanings to start running for office as well and then you get somebody who is exactly the libertarian that you want which I've never found the exact libertarian that I want I've never found that person I've never found the, the perfect libertarian that agrees with me on everything I've never found him But maybe you will get that person if you had 40 or 50 or 100 Thomas Masseys in in the, the House of Representatives. If you had 15 Rand Pauls in the Senate, then you'd inspire other people to run as well. So let's do that. Let's get out there and talk about these issues, right? So that we're not sitting there thinking to ourselves, oh crap, what if Elizabeth Warren becomes president and she tries to change the very fabric of our nation? What if... Bernie Sanders takes over and he starts, ex- you know, ordering executive orders to shred the Constitution, burn it, and we're going to take it apart and we're going to call ourselves the socialist states of America. I mean, that's what these people want, but it's our job to make that not happen by getting up there and talking to people about it. All right, so guys, I appreciate your you listening to the show today. I had one more article that I wanted to talk about, but I think I went on a little bit further than I really wanted to uh, on this particular episode, so I'm going to go ahead and cut it short, but I, I appreciate you listening to the show. This is Ion2020, and it is your source for the news and the related events for the 2020 election. I'm bringing it to you Monday through Friday, so go ahead and subscribe to the show. You can hear it tomorrow. I also have over 130 episodes previous to this one. The first 10 I don't recommend. Although people still listen to my first episode, Elizabeth Warren episode. I mean, that's like one of my highest played episodes is my first episode, which is terrible. If you want to hear terrible podcasting, go ahead and listen to that. I think the content's okay, but the sound quality is horrible. My ums and ahs are out of of control. And uh, I just, I don't recommend that particular episode or the first, you know, First 10, just kind of stay away from those, I guess. But you can listen to every other one of them, okay? Well, you can listen to the other ones if you want to as well. You're just going to have a good story to tell afterwards. Like, man, that guy... I mean, if people... If, if the Elizabeth Warren episode, episode number one, is the first episode that you listen to, 
then uh, you probably didn't listen again. <laughs> so, uh, But I appreciate all of my listeners. You keep on coming back. The audience is growing. It's phenomenal. I feel great. I really do. Keep this thing going until November 2020. And uh, you will have clear vision for 2020 as you keep on coming back listening to the show. So uh, come back tomorrow and you'll have clear vision for 2020.